you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. So welcome to another episode of Fingers on buzzers. Yes, it is. It is a particularly fine episode today. We have a guest joining us who we both enjoy reading, don't we, Jen? Very much so. Have done for many, many years on a weekly basis. It's Guardian columnist Tim Dowling who will be talking. I'm, I'm going to give him a quiz about something my husband does that really annoys me. So look forward to that. I mean, that's that's kind of his oeuvre. Yeah, <laughs> Annoy- exactly. Being an annoying husband. <laughs> I do feel, yeah, I've always felt a lot of sympathy for his wife. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I'm very much looking forward to talking to him. So let's get on with it. Well, we are absolutely thrilled and delighted to be joined by a writer, a journalist, an author, and indeed a podcaster, a fellow podcaster. It's the one and only Mr. Tim Dowling. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, it's lovely to see you. Tim and I actually met Jenny uh, doing uh, Radio 4's Woman's Hour 
yes. Uh, some years ago, and it was it's always very weird, isn't it, when you do women's air because you're always on like there's always someone on before you who's from a war torn nation who's single handedly killed six soldiers and carried five children <laughs> yeah. across a continent, and then it's like and now Lucy and Tim are going to talk about hobbies. <laughs> and, <laughs> we actually met once before that, but it was virtually. Didn't we didn't we try to do the equivalent of a Zoom call in the 90s yes. by, by getting six laptops sitting around a dinner table? <laughs> oh, that's right. I and totally forgot failed about that. so miserably. <laughs> yes. Don't hear anyone. And this feedback was incredible. That is right. And the, yeah, well, the Guardian always attempting to be at yeah. the bleeding edge of technology, but always failing always a tiny failing. bit. Well, they shouldn't have put me in charge of that. <laughs> Ah, well, it's lovely to see you again. Yes, and this is all working very well all of a sudden. Well, see, now we're in the future yeah. that we were predicting, and you are, <laughs> you're podcasting. We love your columns in The Guardian, obviously, and have done for Thank many years. Thank you very much. Um, but I'm very excited about your new podcast, uh, Tim Dowling, Insult My Intelligence is what it's called, right? Yeah, that's what it's called. It's basically, I we sort of, we sit down and we think up topics that I feel like I should know something about, but I, I turns out I don't know anything about and mm-hmm. and usually I don't you know we did one about NFTs and I said I don't, I don't even know what that stands for and they explained to me what it stands for and I said that's that doesn't help me no so uh, fungibility is not a yeah. concept that <laughs> I had ever been familiar with <laughs> we never thought we'd need to know that <laughs> no it never bothered me at all everything no. were fungible and that was fine until <laughs> non-fungibility became a thing yeah we all had to care does it fund it's like does it blend there's yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> don't ask me no no we clearly don't well i like the fact that one of the episodes of the podcast is called why am i left-handed yeah because yeah we uh my producer son johnny and i are both left-handed as is one of my other we are a majority left-handed household wow so uh, it's quite interesting can I just come around and use your scissors? Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing none of us can use is left-handed scissors. I have, I've, I've, you know, we've all adapted to varying levels to the world of right-handedness. And I wouldn't know what to do with a pair of left-handed scissors. No, oh, I won't come around and borrow your scissors no. then. Have you got I? some? Uh, no, to be honest, no. I don't, because we're a majority right-handed household. And in fact, my husband is quite scathing. I think he feels that being left-handed is a moral weakness. Mm. So I'm not allowed to have any adaptations the tyranny of the righties i don't think it's ter- terribly good for you being left-handed i don't think life expectancy is quite as good wow this is bleak this has become very bleak <laughs> this is why it's, i'm making the most of every minute it's taking a dark turn early <laughs> uh, well i'm sure your new podcast will appeal greatly to the fingers on buzzers listeners because it yes. is for those with an inquiring mind who love to absolutely uh, to learn and uh, is i mean is it fair to say that you are someone who loves to learn tim and do you love to learn in a quizzing way i do i like quizzes i like i you know i get very excited about something like the midweek double bill of only connect and uh, university challenge where mm. my wife's heart sinks at the point <laughs> There's always an argument. But uh, I think I, I know enough to know that when if I ever went on a TV quiz, I would my nerves would leave me standing there absolutely silent. I would have that mastermind dead brain. Mm-hmm. So I have no interest in that. But I do like a pub quiz. I take it way too seriously. <laughs> well, we always have to ask uh, your specialist subjects in a pub quiz. And what would your specialist subject on mastermind be? Uh, on a pub quiz, I'm I'm basically there to pr- do the easy question about American presidents because <laughs> there's always one, and I can always do it. And it's you know it's it's only hard if you're British. It's easy if you're American. So I I I usually bow out after that bit. I can't do anything to do with pop music or culture 
from Britain before 1990 or anything from America that happened after 1990. So I'm a bit useless. My specialist subject for mastermind is you're just trying to think of it's like when you book, do book club, you want to pick a book you've already read, something yeah. I've already yeah. done all the research for, I guess, would be King C. Gillette, the inventor of the disposable razor. Oh, there's only, there's only two biographies of him. And I wrote one of them. <laughs> I said you perfect. wrote one of them. I, I'm surprised that there are two. But Yeah, uh, well, I think the world de- decided that one was enough in the end. <laughs> it's that, I mean, that is niche, isn't it? That is yeah. absolutely the right kind of subject for Mastermind because it's yeah. unlikely to have been done before. It's a very short book. And so, that you know, everything you need to know or could possibly know or want to know about him is, comes in at just under 100 pages. Are there any sort of quick fact nuggets that you could give us in case they ever come up in quizzes? Yeah, uh, yeah. The year before he thought up the idea, he was, a, he was a utopian. So he dreamed and wrote a book called The Human Drift in 1894 about basically a utopian society where everybody lived in one single city uh, on the shores of Niagara Falls so they could have free electricity from the falls. And he, oh. he pushed this idea almost to the end of his life, even after he got famous for making razors, and nobody paid any attention to him. Oh, bless him. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, actually, he, he did have a sort of weird small following, but then he got into razors. <laughs> <laughs> he went mainstream, man. <laughs> uh, well, there's a lot of money in razors. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. He you know, and then he lost it all. Did he? Pretty much. When the Depression came, he died in 1932 in the teeth of the Depression. But <laughs> uh, he was very over leveraged in property. I can't see. I can't see this coming up on Mastermind. I'm, I'm immediately going to purchase a, a biography of uh, of King C. Gillette. Get well, there are two. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do I choose? <laughs> uh, make, make sure you get the right one, Jen. Come on. Well, that is brilliant. And, you know, I love it when people come onto this podcast and genuinely teach us something we didn't know before. Yeah, because my, if, if that, my instinct for Mastermind would be to ask just to do general knowledge twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only, know. if only that was a possibility. Because I always think they're all the, you know, all the people who really boned up on their subject. I was thinking you didn't you didn't you're not very good at the general knowledge bit, are you? Whereas yes. I am medium at both. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so 1990, obviously, was that the year that you came to? It's the first time I set foot in Britain. Yeah. Nice. So up until that point, you were being raised on American game shows and quiz shows. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to us, because we didn't get really imported American game shows and quiz shows, we'd get dramas, we'd get comedies. But so things like Jeopardy, we often talk about the fact that Jeopardy is not really known. It's, it's amazing that there is no like British version because so many of the things like University Challenge are, you know, I think it still says, you know, College Bowl, yeah. America, but College Bowl, yeah. Um, and I think Match Game had some equivalent that I don't. Mystery and blankety, blankety blank. Oh, that's okay. blankety blank. Yeah. See, this is the thing I can't really translate. <laughs> <laughs> but some attempts have been made to bring Jeopardy to the UK, um, but they failed very early on for no real no. reason. You'd think that yeah. it's such a purist form of quiz that and we would be deal. all over it. It's a bigger deal than it ever was in America. Mm. Oh, the controversy recently about. Who's Alex. going to take over hosting after yeah. the loss of dear Alex Trebek? Oh my God, it's still rumbling on, still rumbling. 
Do, didn't they have sort of standing? Haven't they tried a few people out? They well, did, someone had yeah. to step down, didn't they? Yeah, so they did for for the first half of the year. I think they did sort of a guest host thing. So a lot of people got two weeks worth of shows, um, and the fans were very keen on quite a few of them. And then, lo and behold, who gets the job? But the executive producer. <gasps> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, and then and then some uh, some bad behaviour of him in the past towards women was unearthed, and uh, he stood down. Um, and I don't think they've resolved it as at time of recording. But they they would they they sort of stepped back a little bit. He was going to do all the hosting, and then they said, "No, we're going to do a prime time version, and that's going to be uh, Mayim Bialik from um, Big Bang oh, Theory, who shows. was one right. of the favourites." when they did the guest hosting um but but she only got sort of the a few of the specials rather than the daily job which that's the prestige you want to you want to be on tv every single day asking the questions when people watch quiz shows yeah (laughs) this is a pandora's box of scandal we've opened it really really is it's unbelievable unbelievable stuff but it shows how beloved a format it is Mm. And it's part of the, the the fabric of life in in US TV. So obviously, sitting in a bar at the bar watching Jeopardy in the afternoon is a great way to spend an afternoon. Oh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's a do dive it. Bar. <laughs> and the people around you are sort of answering the questions. Everyone's paying attention. It's fun. What else do we have? We had like, let's make a deal. Yeah, I guess is best known in this country. That's where the Monty Hall problem comes from. That's right. Yes. Yes. I mean, I have never seen an episode of Let's Make a Deal created by Stefan Hattos and Monty Hall. I've just Googled it. I mean, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Monty Hall, Bob Hilton, Billy Bush and Wayne Brady who presented it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the Monty, the idea of the Monty Hall problem. Tim, do you want to explain the Monty Hall problem? The Monty Hall problem is uh, I don't. Um, <laughs> let me see. It's basically a choice between two, three doors, um, and there's it's usually like boat or man-eating tiger, or yeah. or it's two goat. It's a goat. So what what happens is that you've got a choice between a goat or a car, basically. Yeah, and and you. They take one away. Yeah. And the question is whether you, at the beginning you have a one in three chance of getting the car. Yeah. But when you take one away, which is obviously not going to be, uh, then you everybody thinks you have a 50-50 chance or, or that you still have a mm. one in three chance. Yeah. But you do, in fact, have what? I don't know. I think yeah. so. You should always change doors. Should always change. Should always change. Never yeah. stick with the first yeah. door because the probability was one in three. And then if you change doors, then that door has a yeah, you've, chance of being the right yeah, door. If you, so. if, you, if you stick, it's still a one in three, even yeah. though there's only two boxes. But if you change, it's a one in two. It's really counterintuitive. It's yeah. incredible. But apparently, there are maths. The maths is right. I know. I mean, I have had this explained to me about 158 <laughs> times in my life. And I still, I sit there and I go, yeah, of course it makes perfect sense. Of course yeah. it has probability. Yeah, I get it. And then even now I'm like, nah, nah, nah it, doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't. It, doesn't. But, uh, it, just, yeah. it just gave me something to talk about when I was watching Deal or No Deal. Like, why wouldn't you change? Swap, swap. <laughs> <laughs> Monty Hall. And people are like, what, what's, what's a Monty Hall now? <laughs> um, I'm looking through some other like 1970s and 80s games. Name that tune originated in uh, america ah, yep. nice name that tune uh wheel of fortune yeah yes we did get that we got that that was probably before no probably about when you came over we got oh, that. yeah we had we had nikki campbell bradley walsh did it 
We had Pat Sajak. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this. And Vanna White think... was the Turner. Yes. She, she's st- she's still doing it. I, I think, think she might be, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I know her, but I'm not as familiar with Pat. Well, because you'd always get references in sitcoms. So the programmes we did get, like sitcoms and dramas, they'd go, oh, you know, it's just like Vanna White. And, you'd, and so you'd go, well, I, I know the name, but I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, all my children, they're, they're, all their American history for a long time just came from The Simpsons. Yeah. That's, same. How, they, that's how they knew things. Absolutely the same. I, I, I credit The Simpsons with a lot of my knowledge, specifically about American culture. So that I'm, I take part in a, an online quiz league, which is American, called Learned League, where we do you know, six questions every single day. And so many of them are US culture. And what you can do, you get an opponent every day and they look at some of your basic biographical data and they look at it and they go, well, she's English. I don't think she's going to know about Vanna White. I will score her three points for that. Like, yes, come on. I've got you <laughs> every time. Uh, I don't know anything about, you know, British military history, but <laughs> US game shows. I mean, American game show hostesses. There you go. Winning streak. I'm looking. I mean, some of these I've never heard of. I've never heard Winning Street. <laughs> Tattletales. Oh, that sounds I good, remember Tattletales, but I can't remember anything about how it works. It was hosted by Burt Convy. I uh, remember Burt Convy. There you go. Was it so, in Hogan's Heroes as well? Oh, it was based on He Said, She Said, and it was uh, questions asked about celebrity couples' personal lives. Oh, I know someone who'd love that. Mm. <laughs> Gossip Queens. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like the dating game, I guess, wasn't it? Sort of. <laughs> Yeah, sort of like celebrity, uh, celebrity mystery and misses, I suppose. Oh, look, they had uh, Jerry Stiller and Anne Mira did it, and uh, Michael J. Fox and his girlfriend Nancy. <laughs> um, yeah, to dig some of these out of the archives. Uh, Absolutely. Yes, this is amazing. Orson Bean. I don't know. Who Orson, Orson Bean. Bean is. I remember Orson Bean. If Orson Bean was always, you know, you could guarantee him to get murdered in a Columbo. Oh, oh, I know the guy now. <laughs> I, I watch a lot of Columbo now as well. That's 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 my life. I love Columbo. Yeah. Sundays. Well, no. Sundays is back to back Columbo in this house. I've got another Orson that I know now. That's the, that's the second Orson that I'm familiar with. <laughs> it might be the only two. <laughs> oh, there we go. This is quite uh, uh, tic tac doe. Mm-hmm. Tic tac doe. I mean, it's tic tac doe, basically, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't think it's very good. I don't. Uh, Press your look. Never heard of it. No. Sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the the what, the only reason I know about Press Your Look is the um, part of the main game is you literally there is a light going around a screen and you have to press your button and it hits a certain square and you win that prize or whatever. And some guy had managed to figure out the pattern. And oh. he absolutely gamed the system Rinse for like, like week after week after week. He was back like, yes, I got the jackpot every single time. So they, they had to create a whole new algorithm for how this, this computerized <laughs> fancy system worked. I think Hollywood Squares was the biggest one when I was a child. Oh, celebrity squares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was in your squares then? Can you remember anyone in Someone the... called, uh, A comedian called Paul Lind was always in the middle. Yeah. I know that from Snatch Game. Uh, RuPaul is my other reference point now for these things. And then it sort of rotated. <laughs> you get very excited if the mom from the Birdie Bunch was on. You can... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have big prizes then? Because we obviously in Britain 
didn't have the best of prizes. Did you notice when you came over here that our game show prizes? That it was were... a bit. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure that you were still in the era of that little conveyor belt going by with a sort of tea set on it. But uh, we had things like the prices right. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. They would let you would literally win a boat every day. And you think, oh, what are they? I always thought, what are they going to do with that? How? I mean, you basically come to L.A. for a holiday and you've gone to this free game show and now you've got a boat. You've got to pay boat tax. <laughs> yeah. to, I mean, it's a nightmare. It's on a trailer. The tra- Do you own the trailer? You've got to get that back to Arizona somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just what? Leave it in your yard. I mean, people who want boats have trouble with boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. had because Bullseye legendarily, there was a quiz show called Bullseye, which was on just before you arrived. Jim Bowen. Jim Bowen. Yeah. Well done. See, I, have a, I have a false memory that I try to build <laughs> from, you know, just gossip and things that I've heard. But that was the same deal where people won boats, and so, although not as often as you would think. But, no. but what we discovered on this very podcast, Tim, that uh, people who won the cars, because you won it in a pair, like they yeah. were two players. So generally they sold them, and we had a, quite a detailed rundown on how. Yeah. Uh, it was fine if it was a married couple, but usually it was a pair of mates who turned up and uh, they had to negotiate who got which who got which prize. Also, the depreciation on that car once they've put it off the lot and put it mm. into a TV studio. Yeah, yeah, you'd rather have had the cash, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's can we play a game for money? <laughs> which back then, but they you couldn't back then. We had oh, we had a was, law until I think we might have had the mid nineties. And that's true. And then the big money that. came in, then Millionaire came in and everything changed. It was all about the the moolah. And the knowledge. I mean, some of these games were like, the, you know, have to, the price is right, it was the dumbest game. You face it here. You're just guessing the price. You're not even guessing price, you're just going higher or lower. Yeah. Yeah, just sneaking um, in. Not and yet. nobody ever knew anything. It's like, have you ever been shopping? <laughs> yes, I know. But then, yeah, I would always. I, I think you lose your mind, as you said, Tim, about quizzing on television. I think game yes, showing quizzing. It, you just go. I don't know what anything's worth anymore, and I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't understand things. Um, <laughs> now, shall we do you some quizzing? Because I feel we've had you sure. here. This should be Long enough. enough. I should be nervous enough to fail this as well. I no, I think you were going to do very well. Well, I'm. I'm going to do you a very quick quiz on something that you do. That my husband also does. Uh oh. I could make the subject. So when my husband does this, uh, when my husband does this, he clears the room. 
we yeah. all me the kids the cats we all leave immediately the cats actually run into the garden um and me and the kids try and get as far away as possible so, <laughs> so this could still be a couple of things I guess. Uh, yeah shall i i mean i'll tell you just to spare any embarrassment uh it is playing the banjo yeah i thought that's where we were heading <laughs> I just didn't know what else you were going to say, Tim. So I, didn't like to take <laughs> right. I, I didn't want to say banjo and then have it not be banjo. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Uh, um, so you are the banjo player and indeed you also play flat guitar in the band Police Dog Hogan. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, and uh, flat guitar is that that's the sort of... On well, I just call it flat guitar because the, the, the one I have is just a regular guitar that I play... F- Flat I see. Because the other car, you know, the Dobro or whatever people call them, or a resonator guitar. I don't I don't have one of those. I just have my cheap acoustic that I've jacked up the strings a little bit. Because hey, I'm not that good, is the thing. <laughs> I don't deserve better. Uh, well, I didn't know anything about the banjo, but I've checked some questions with my husband. And I'm just gonna do a very quick okay. five question quiz about the banjo. Um, so which banjo playing actor and comedian has won an Emmy, a Grammy and an honorary Academy Award? Uh, Steve Martin. It is. It's got to be. Yes. Um, question Very. for Lucy, that one. I know I did. That was my special subject on Mastermind, Tim, was, uh, was, was Steve Martin. Was Steve Martin. Yeah. Ah. I mean, more concentrating on the comedy than the banjo, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, but they, they, I think they asked one question about the banjo. I think it was the crow, you know, they, they, oh, I, his... I, the album, basically, yeah. Phew. Because you could, you could go quite deep with Steve Martin and banjo, I think. Well, you... quite. My husband has. <laughs> I saw him at Queen Elizabeth Hall or something. Did you? Bad, and they, they were brilliant. Yeah. And I thought he'd take it very seriously and wouldn't do anything funny, you know. And he was hilarious between songs. Well, because yeah, Woody Allen used to be very dull when he played exactly. clarinet, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, the banjo features prominently in bluegrass music, which is most commonly associated with which US state? Uh, bluegrass is Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky's the bluegrass state. It sure is. Although animal skin was traditionally used, what material is the membrane of a banjo now typically made of? Oh, that's so technical. Mm. It's uh, it's exactly the same stuff that drums are made of. I mean, it is a drum. Yes. It's so it's like, is it cellulose? Well, do you know what? It's, I've just got plastic. Well, it's, it's more of a cellulose, yeah. Yeah, what I should Cellulose have is ping pong balls, isn't it? Mm. It's a bit... It's like fake skin. It's, you know, it's yeah. exactly what a snare drum is covered in, basically. Can, can we say plastic? That's, I just, yeah, just say plastic. You both get a point. All right. <laughs> that'll, that'll probably do. Okay. What prolific American banjoist has been nominated in more Grammy Award categories than any other musician? Oh. Oh. I like this fact. Prolific. Can you repeat that question? Yes. Which prolific American banjoist uh, has been nominated in more Grammy Award categories than any other musician? This is the only other banjo player I've heard of, apart from okay, you, well, it, yeah. my <laughs> Then it is uh, the absolutely uh, formidable genius, Earl Scruggs. No. No? <laughs> no, there's one more that no, I've heard no. Too many, too many banjo players. More contemporary than Al Scruggs. Obviously, uh, I have actually. Now I think about it, I've heard of four banjo players. Uh, I don't know. 
It is the one and only Bella Fleck. Is it? Yes. Bella Fleck's one more. Wow. Yeah, I know. I Wow. I mean, I haven't fact-checked this question, so <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not. <laughs> listeners to, uh, but yes, Bella Fleck. Okay, well, I'd like to say that I was going to say Bella Fleck. Yeah, well, you, let's edit it so you did. Okay. Um, and then the final question is, uh, what anti-war song written by banjoist Peter Seeger features verses from the Book of Ecclesiastes? Oh, is this, if I wasn't nervous, I'd have this. <laughs> I know it's a very, it is a tricky question. My husband didn't get it either. If that's any, it's not. We shall overcome. It's not. We shall overcome. No, you, I mean you'll know it when I say it, but I can't really think. It was m- more famously recorded by the Birds. Turn, turn, turn. Yes. No way. Correct. That Pete Seeger wrote turn, turn, turn. Pete Seeger wrote turn, turn, turn. Um, I think he gave most of his royalties away to charity. He also because... cut Bob Dylan's electrical cables with an axe, didn't he? <laughs> He was the one who complained about Bob Dylan going electric at the Newport Folk Festival and tried to tried to shut it down. Good on him. Brilliant. Well, I, I, now we know more about Pete Seeger than because I would never have known that Pete Seeger played the banjo. Again, you might want to check anything I say. <laughs> okay, well, let's just leave it to the listeners. Basically, listeners, trust nothing we say. Uh, Fact check yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we're busy. We're busy people. Um, well, it's been an absolute delight talking to you, Tim. And I feel Thank we've got to know you a bit more. But the last thing we must do is quiz alongside you. Thanks to Ooh, our producer, okay. Amanda. So, Amanda will generally give us all a quiz to round out the episode. So, Amanda, are you there? I'm here. As you have just been talking about the banjo, and you've mentioned that Tim plays in a band called Police Dog Hogan, and the genre is bluegrass. Now, I did sort of try and maybe sort of think of a quiz about bluegrass, but then I kind of thought that you guys would be at real disadvantage Lucy and Jen. So I thought I'm just going to level out the playing field. <laughs> and so you're all going to get one question each on the theme of something blue. And then you see where I'm going with this. And then you'll <laughs> yeah. all get another question each. And it's connected to grass in various forms. Oh, okay. You'll have to see about that. So I'm going to right. start guests first. So, Tim, this is your blue question. Okay. Okay. Which performance art group was formed by Chris Wink, Matt Goldman, and Phil Stanton on Manhattan's Lower East Side in 1987? Okay. None of those names mean anything to me. But it's New York. I think I think I know it, though. I think you might know it as well. Go Is on. it the, the Blue Man Group? Yeah, 100% correct. Yes. All right, lovely. Right. Jenny, over Very to you. Good. Jenny, which Dennis Potter television play was first broadcast on the 30th of January, 1979, as part of the BBC's Play for Today series? I remember this as the first play at the Bolton Octagon that I wasn't allowed to go and see. And I was really annoyed because I was like, it's about children. It's like, <laughs> no, it's Blue Remembered Hills. They're yeah. All play, they're all playing kids, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, for me, I watched the version on TV with Michael Elphick mm. and um, Helen Mirren as well. Yes. I, I think I might rewatch that later on today, actually. <laughs> Lucy, your blue question. Uh, which member of the boy band Blue got papped whilst urinating at the same time as using a cash point in London's <laughs> glittering West End? <laughs> what a question. There's I a love this question. There. there really is, isn't there? I mean, 
what a time-saving <laughs> exercise that was. <laughs> um, urinating while using a cash point. Now, I'm trying to think of, so there's Lee, there's Anthony mm. and Simon. Mm. Is that it? Were there just no. three of them? No. There's, there's one more. Lee, Anthony, Simon and the other one. So I'm going to say it's not the other one because I can't remember his name. Duncan. <laughs> Duncan. Of course, Duncan. Oh, no. Oh, actually. he'll be very upset. He'll be very upset with you. Oh, he was okay. the main one, wasn't he? He was the main one. Yeah. How can I forget Duncan? I don't say, they, they all thought they were the main one, but they were all And that's why they all equal. Failed. They were all equal. <laughs> I can't believe it of Duncan. I mean, I can't believe he <laughs> stooped so low. Mm. Which one do you think would... Oh God! Um, I mean, it's obvious. I know, really. I know who I think. It's would. obvious, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, know, I, I know. I'd have, I'd have gone for right away. Oh well, I don't. I'll go for Lee then. I'll go for Lee. Um, it was Anthony Costa. Ah, uh, I see. And I would have been wrong then. I tell like you, my cousin Lee. This um, it was a cash point that I used to use quite a lot when I worked in Leicester Square. And that stain, I'm not joking, was just there for over a year. It was there for... Uh, what was he drinking? Well, something very potent. It was just... And, I, and all, that was that was the main cash point. You know, this was very much still, I think it's probably about 10 years ago, when cash still kind of featured. You, yeah. you needed it. So that cash point was my main cash point. And... Absolutely filthy behaviour. So that's the Anthony <laughs> Costa Memorial Cash Point. Yeah, did it become, was it a site of pilgrimage? <laughs> I think we should. I think we should start our walking tour of London. <laughs> It'll have a yellow plaque. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we added the cash point that Reg Varney first used, uh, you know, we could probably do. There's probably cash a cash point, point yeah, tour. Yeah, the cash there? point tour. <laughs> yeah. Let's Coming soon happen. from Fingers on Buses Enterprises. <laughs> right, we've got two. Celebrity cash points. Celebrity cash points and what they did there. Okay, well done. So uh, not bad on the blue round there. Um, Tim, so we're on to grass now. Which song first recorded in 1965 by Johnny Darnell was a hit for Tom Jones in 1966 and then also recorded by Elvis Presley, Kenny Rogers and Catherine Jenkins amongst many others? Uh, I think uh, I think I know this one too. I think you might. I, well. <laughs> I think you might have made this easy for me. <laughs> Not at all. You should, because I'm so faint of heart. <laughs> um, it's unless I unless I get this wrong. It, it, is it green green grass of home? Absolutely, Yay! two out of two. Well done. I I was I almost put three greens in in a panic, and I thought, oh, <laughs> technically disqualified. <laughs> Remove a third of a point. <laughs> Um, Jenny, your grass question. The largest variety of grass grows up to 151 feet tall, but what is it otherwise known as? Um, it's part of the family, I think. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I, I'm just trying to think how specific you want. It'll be, it's, it'll be a kind of bamboo. So I'm just going to say bamboo, me old bamboo. Your old bamboo. Yeah, absolutely. It's the giant bamboo. So Yay! yeah. yeah. Huge bamboo. Which, huge bamboo, mammoth bamboo. So, Lucy, your grass question. Which kind of grass is widely associated with swingers in suburban areas? <laughs> Lucy's got the greatest question. <laughs> <laughs> Why for me, Amanda? What, what are you suggesting? Where is it you live again? <laughs> I live in London Zone 6. Hey! I'm, sure, I'm sure this particular kind of grass features quite heavily in the neighbourhoods around there. I do not know what you're implying about my neighbours. We're just because we're like hot tubs. King gardeners, king gardeners. <laughs> yeah. It's very robust, is the thing. Yeah. 
Yes, what do you know? My, you don't have to water it or anything. My friend, Kerry O'Leary, she um, <laughs> she had pampas grass in her porch when we were growing up and then we all found out what it meant. And she was like, no, it's not. And her mum and dad, I should say here and now, they weren't and they didn't. But um, And then one time they, her mum and dad were away and we had a house party at Kerry's house and somebody put a fag out in the pampas grass and it went up. Like, <laughs> oh, like a tinder box. Oh, oh my God. They, they, they came back and the porch was singed. Wow. Oh no! You don't want a singe porch. That's yeah. that's the that's one of the worst outcomes <laughs> of swinging. It, it is. is. It's a, bad a very a very bad time and something went wrong. Immediate turn off. Yeah, there was a few neighbours around the area that I grew up. That a certain you know couple that lived around the corner. And when I found out, I mean, I didn't know until about five years ago that that pampas grass was you know the signature swingers mm. like you know signal. And then I remembered. The, the house with I mean it was a huge plume as well that you couldn't miss it so mm. good for them it's a quite I grew up in quite <laughs> a boring <laughs> area so <laughs> good for them uh, oh you all did really well then well done yay yeah. well, thank you Amanda for a wonderful quiz and thank you so much Tim Dowling for being a brilliant guest and talking to us about all manner of exciting stuff uh, and we will be listening to your podcast insult my intelligence thank you very much well what a pleasure it was having a chat to tim and uh, do all listen to his podcast and listen to the next episode of ours because we'll be seeing you again very soon on fingers on that's woken people up, hasn't it? Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.